Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 422 for the week of October 11th, 2015. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience. And I want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts every week, special events, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. So the immersive environments in Walt Disney World all tell a very complete story and one that's woven and connected through experiences that impact all of our senses. And there are many instances where the lighting sets the mood, tone, and really affects your emotions. So this week, join us as we reveal our top 10 lighting effects in Walt Disney World, and then ask you to share yours as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for some updates and information about upcoming events and your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. World is a multi-sensory experience, and it's meant to be enjoyed using all five senses in 360 degrees, 365 days out of the year. And in the past, we've talked about how and the different ways to enjoy the parks using some and all of these senses in the things that you can see, interact with, and smell. And yes, the top 10 smells in Walt Disney World still remains one of my favorite and most popular shows in 10 years of podcasting and talking about Walt Disney World. Because I think the the olfactory sense is the one that is most closely associated with memory and, of course, most closely associated with food, which, you know, is one of my favorite ways to enjoy and share my Disney experience. But I think when we think about Disney, uh, we close our eyes, we often conjure up an image in our mind's eye. And when we're there, we take hundreds and, for some, thousands of photos on our trips to remember and or share our experiences. And when we talk about Disney and the emotional or memorable moments, we talk about 
the reveal of the castle, the spectacle that is Illuminations, the sight gags and pirates, the views from Everest and, and so on. But we also talk about how our experiences differ and in some cases are enhanced during different times of day or night. And I think that the evening brings a very unique perspective and in many cases a completely different type of visual experiences to many attractions. And I think that the differences don't just come from the changes in natural light. And in fact, some very memorable scenes and locations in Walt Disney World come from and are because of some spectacular lighting effects. So this week, we're going to look at, pun intended, our top 10 lighting effects in Walt Disney World. And when you hear top 10, you know a few things. One, that it probably won't be limited to 10. Two, I will somehow incorporate food into a non-food-related conversation. And three, that I will invite my good buddy to join me on the show once again. So please, join me in welcoming the, the Gilligan to my Skipper, the Dopey to my Happy, the Zazu to my Simba, and the Piglet to my Pooh. He is, of course, Mr. Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine. Welcome back, my friend. It's... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could do. You don't even know. You I'm just, the piglet. <laughs> I want to know who this friend is that you couldn't get then you had to invite me on instead. <laughs> well, better I said that you were the, the piglet to my poo than the Eeyore to my poo. <clears throat> it didn't come out right did, either way. No, I guess I, not. You know, I got to tell you, I, very impressed with the opening that you got through all those numbers and didn't do 365 <laughs> degrees or something like that. But I got to tell you, 32 seconds, seriously, you brought up food on a topic that I knew there was no way you could even get to food on this one at all. I am going to tell 32, you, 32, 32 I am seconds. going to find a way. I'm going to have in my top 10, I'm going to find top 10 <laughs> ways to incorporate food into my top 10. I just thought of a top 10 we, we should do sometime. I'm Top, I'm going to throw out top 10 subjects totally at random, and you have to come up with a food thing for all of them. You know what? Challenge top accepted. 10, top 10. No way Lou could connect the dots to food on this one. All right. Challenge yeah. accepted. You come all up right. with 10 things right. to sort of talk to me about or ask me questions about, and I will find a way. And I will not know the topic or, or a conversation nope. ahead of time. I will find a way to incorporate food. Okay. But for now. But for now. All right. So let's get into this. And I think this – and Tim, this was actually an idea. You don't have a lot of very good ideas. But what no, you do, you no, knock I them don't. out of the park. And I love this one, right? Yeah. Because I'm actually a bit of a, a lighting nerd. And I – look, I think that so much of what we see and eat – I did it again – in Walt <laughs> Disney World is truly art. Uh, and I think an overlooked expression of art – comes from the lighting designers in, in, in Walt Disney World, from Imagineering, because they think that lighting creates such a mood and an environment and a tone and a setting and, and temperature and emotion. And, the, and look, we can make a whole separate show about the lights themselves because the lighting and the lights are, are not just utilitarian. They're really sort of helped to create that atmosphere and tell that story and for a sense of authenticity – and I think you really sort of – I think the lighting helps to pull a lot of, of things together in attractions or, or, or buildings, right? Like I always like imagine imagine seeing a building or seeing an attraction with like the work lights on, how different it would look than when the show lights uh, are on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think they're pretty. 
So let me continue. I think that the um, <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to throw in three there without having even started. I yet. almost threw you, an attraction you in there. Yourself. I um I did. I behaved myself on that one. But I think you know, and I think when I see, um, especially when something new um, opens up, or or I go back and sort of try and take a, a, a you know a thoughtful look at something, I, I imagine all the different disciplines in Imagineering coming together, and. Even places like New Fantasyland when it opened or some of the other locations, you know, I I think I imagine them going through and deciding not just where the light should be, but where it should not be. Right. Where where shadows fall and the right colors and the right temperatures and how they are directors. Right. They need to direct our focus as we're going through. And, you know, the, the temperature of the colors you know white can be whitish blue it could be whitish yellow and how do you i see i'm gonna i almost snuck one in there when we get to a certain section i'm waiting i am just waiting (laughs) how they're able to reproduce the feeling of a light say from the 1800s right they're not using oil or gas right they've got to find the right temperature of the light and the right fixture and the frosting or the bubbles on the glass. Uh, but I also, because you know we don't talk about this ahead of time, um, I will throw in the the caveat, the codicil, Wait the rule. Minute. Wait, I know. Okay. I'm just going to say. Wait, I, I am, had one too, and you glossed over it, but go, I want to hear yours. Well, I think they're the same. I think we decided oh, we're right. not going to talk about the holiday lights, correct? No, well, I, I oh. just said Christmas. Oh, ah, <laughs> look at the little ah, lawyer in here. I, I only said that because I thought that would be too easy and we would stay on Christmas the whole time because that's a whole show right. unto itself, which we I, I agree. And, and as I think the holidays come closer, maybe we should talk about that uh, again. So I'm happy because I think that you're going to talk about something that I was going to try and sneak in there too. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. We'll see who steals what first. Here. I am. Um, and, and, and. And I don't mean this to potentially steal one from you. I also am not going to talk about things like the Castle Dreamlights. Well, are you? Is yeah. that something that was is on your list? Well, considering that's a holiday Christmas thing, no, because uh, I purposely kept it off my list. Okay, so yeah, there, there's a couple of things, and you know, like I didn't even talk about the Castle Projection because I just thought it was so obvious. Well, now listen, see now. <laughs> That's, now that's your slew. Stop stealing the easy ones. All right, but listen. Now, now, I, I, this, is, this is your newest trick. Now it's not that you steal them; <laughs> it's that you caveat your way through half of my list and eliminate them, and then I feel like a dope since you called me dopey talking about them. Because well, you said not to talk about the you know. So, but no, that, that's not fair because I sort of I explain the rules as we go along. Yeah, well. Well, well, listen. I am a, um, I am a, um, uh, I am a gentleman, and you are a scholar. So I will let you go first before I steal any more of yours. All right. Well, since you're kind of hinting at one that I might think you're stealing from me, uh, so now some of these I'm cheat. Well, I'm cheating as we are wont to do. Um, might as well I- the first one out. You might as well cheat. Well, I might, I, I might. In this case, I'm going to like pull an attraction, but I might talk about a few different aspects of the attraction and squeeze like three or four into one here. Nice. So, since we're not going Christmas, but we're going holidays, I'm going to the haunted mansion. And I hear you go. I hear you go. Yeah, man. It's clearly oh, it's on my list. Oh, I thought you were gonna go. That this one. No, well, okay, Haunted Mansion. Um, 
since Halloween is right around the corner, it's right around the corner. Um, that's one of the first things that popped into my head. And just starting from the outside, I think the Haunted Mansion is uh, spectacularly lit up throughout the year. Um, one of my favorite nighttime pictures to take when it's lit up in that that ghostly, spooky, bluish color. But at Halloween, it's even more spectacular, during, especially during Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween parties when it's bathed in oranges and greens and black lights and, and fog and mist hovering around it. Um, really creepy and, and even more uh, photogenic for those who are into that kind of thing. Um, but there's a lot of lighting effects inside the Haunted Mansion that I really like, too, which is kind of strange thing to say since it's mostly dark in there. But... Um, one of the things um, I'll just point to one of my favorites, and it's I, I think it's really cool because it's a special effect that's uh, deceptively simple, and a lot of people, especially a lot of first-time people, might not realize how simple it is. And I'm talking about the singing bus in the graveyard, and you know, a lot of new people or people that have been there a lot of times just don't know might think these are computer-generated holographic effects when. And this is a spoiler for those who don't know, although I think everybody knows. But for those who don't know, I'm about to give it away. But they're actually just video projections of people's faces in film projected on, you know, blank uh, busts, if you will, and it to look like people are talking. But I really like it because it's, it's such a simple effect um, that goes way, way, way back. But to this day, it's still convincing. And you know, and I know how it works, but we still look at it and we're still in awe of Geez, that's really neat and really clever. And I think if if nothing else, not only does it look great, but it's just a testament to the ingenuity and clever listening imagineers that just came up with the idea in the first place and how cool it is. And it stands the test of time. So, and that's just one of a zillion lighting effects in the Haunted Mansion we could talk about. But I'm just going to stick with that one. And and look, I'm happy that you sort of opened up with that because I think it's it's clearly obvious um, but what I what I really like about it, and I think you're right. I think there's there's an interior and exterior discussion to be had uh, about the the mansion itself. But what I think is really neat about it is how the lighting of the mansion changes the feel of that building. Right. So during the day, it it's not a very sort of uh, intimidating or scary looking building in and of itself, right? And I think as you start to get closer and put pieces together, and if you look very carefully at the front door and the columns and the black wreath, all of a sudden it starts, you start to sort of get a little bit of the story put together. But at night, and when those lights starts to come on at dusk, and when it's up against the black sky and you've got the blues, and especially like you said at Halloween, the purples and the oranges and the greens, I mean, it really makes it a much more foreboding type of structure and it has a, a certain sort of character to it sort of being set apart from the rest of Liberty Square like set up on this hill and in Halloween when the uh, the fog and the smoke is out front and the different colors and the lightning and you again it sort of brings it all together in terms of story all of a sudden that very somewhat nondescript home becomes a much more foreboding mansion at night foreboding I, I think that it also and a lot of the attractions especially in magic kingdom do this but um i i write a lot about or talk about the 
that a lot of the the origins of all the things you see at Disney have their roots in movies and cinema and stuff. And it's uh, the Haunted Mansion is a great example of a place or an attraction that's built with you know a series of scenes, but they're built with a, a cinematic. Uh, perspective like in other words the the scenes you see are are boxed and 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 arranged like the like you would be shooting a movie scene and it's the lighting has so much to do with that um where they have lights set up not only to illuminate the scene and project the mood but to have you look and you alluded to this to look in a certain place and not look in a certain place and have the scene play out before you as you move past as if it were a real life movie which i think is a really cool thing to see there and in other attractions like pirates of the caribbean and some other things but i'm not trying to sneak one in but um the lighting is really huge in that it really speaks to the cinematic origination of all a lot of stuff that we see i agree and actually the first one on my list surprisingly um is not necessarily an attraction per se um Oddly enough, Tim Foster, it revolves yeah. around food. Serious? <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I, I can't wait to hear this. Uh, and it actually revolves around Tim Foster because this place really? holds a sentimental moment for me because of a, a lunch or a dinner that we shared. I think we actually recorded it as a live restaurant review. But when I tried to think about impressive and immersive and mood-setting Lighting and tone and theme and temperature, the first thing that came to my mind was Mexico. Ah, okay. I was wondering where so you So I was thinking, I thought inside more <coughs> than outside, right? And look, and, and I love the, the the beautiful sort of, you know, the, the temple of uh, Teotihuacan on the outside and, and the way that is lit at night. But once you enter the building, more importantly, once you enter go down the stairs, um, you've got this 17th century style hacienda, but the lighting in there is so subtle and it's so subdued. And I think no other location in Walt Disney World does such an amazing job of a transformative use of lighting in that it could be 117 degrees outside in the middle of, of August, but you walk in there and it's cooler not just because of the temperature, but it's cooler because of the colors. And you've got this very subdued lighting that gives you the sense of being outside. Like you feel like you're outside and it's always twilight in there. And there's something uh, very warm and very intimate, dare I say romantic, uh, about this um, this sort of hacienda and this plaza outside. Uh, and I think the lighting up against the the tile floors and the stucco walls they do an amazing job of bringing the outdoors inside and when you sit in San Angel or you go on the attraction and you see the lighting of the pyramid and of the foliage and up you know the reflections up against the water i just think it is one of the most beautiful locations any time of day or night and i think it's due in large part to the lighting and i would even tell you to even take and with all the places we're talking about pay attention it's not just to the lighting but the lighting fixtures too and how the lighting is presented not just on wall sconces or on uh on poles or even what just comes from 
um, you know, being lit from below. And, and I think the pyramid and the volcano and those blues and the greens and the purples is just spectacular. Uh, the, I will never forget the f- f- beef fillet tips that <laughs> we shared. And, and what I guess I'm not ashamed now to say was a very romantic dinner. It so, was. Um, <laughs> is that the one we recorded? I think we recorded uh, that one, didn't no, we? No, you, you not only we recorded it, you were just eating your way around the world and I was enjoying the spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the um, – that led to the e- evening of the stale M&Ms at the oh, Canada right. that when right. we talked about Illuminate. And maybe I'll talk about Illuminations later on. Shocker. But don't <laughs> – but I mean, doesn't it? All right, well, maybe I won't then. But, but it, I mean, right, the, the inside though, right, when you get yeah. into, right, the marketplace is very festive. It's, it's very alive. Uh, as you get closer to the water, I think it becomes, like you said, dare I say, a little bit more uh, romantic. But then you see the pyramid off in the distance. And again, a great use of force perspective. And that, that like Yucatan jungle that it, it sits in and the volcano that, that you can see sort of. Um, you know, breathing the, that that red flame from the top. I, I just, I, I love it. I just love the colors. I love the lighting inside. That's why it was first on my list. I love it too. I'm going to go off on a total tangent for mine because you, you just, I just have to, I just have to say this. As a, I'm, so, I'm going to talk to my fellow oh. graphic designer artist types out there because they'll know what I'm talking about. And indulge me for a second here, because you reminded me of this in Mexico. Um, so you're basically wait. Let me just say. So you're basically I'm starting off as one. I'm, Lou, I'm not. You're, Lou, you're probably just, not going to understand this, but for the smart what? people in the room, let me go ahead. No, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> no, is uh, speaking of lighting, and speaking of, well, I guess I guess I should make this. One. I didn't mean to. Soren uh, comes to mind in a weird way, and I'll explain why. And, and my fellow computer print people will know what I'm talking about. You reminded me of – I'm talking about Mexico. I'm thinking about Soren, and I'm thinking about the um, the uh, the queue, especially when you get down towards the end and you go down the corridor that is just lit up with uh, the blue lights uh, and the neon and everything. The, the, what it brought to mind is that there, there's – in the print world, <laughs> there's there's some colors you can't reproduce, um, and I know this because I print this little magazine that sometimes I have problems with when I'm trying to print Soren. But when you said Mexico, it made me think of that because there's some, like especially like neon blues and greens and purples and stuff. Like these are colors, and they're they're evident throughout Disney, but especially in these two places. But um, you have to be there to really appreciate them, and I think um, there's some colors are just so that they put in front of you just so unbelievable and so pure and so brilliant that uh, a, a camera can maybe do it justice. Certainly a magazine cannot, which, uh, you know, um, you just, it just has to be appreciated in person and you, you can't relive these through, through other things. That, that, that just brought that to mind that, and they're, then they're really good at creating scenes like that where you have to see it to believe it. And the only way to truly appreciate it is being there. Boy, that did was. You a did you just sneak in Soren? No, because okay. that you know cause it doesn't not, count. All right. Well, I, I, well, we can call it that if you want. If you want. No, that's all right. You get it. You I'll get it. I'll give it to you. you all right. Well, all right. Then I'll think of another one. Well, all right. I'm going to stay in um, in Epcot, and I'm going to do. I'm going to 
pull an attraction and pull three into one. Four into one. Oh. And I'm going to give you the castle because I'm taking Spaceship Earth. Now, can I tell you something? You weren't you, doing the castle. <laughs> I wasn't doing the castle. I was doing Spaceship Earth. Well, I'm doing Spaceship Earth. All right, well, I'll, I got we'll three do it things I'm thinking of, and I'll listen, and I want to hear what you were thinking of in terms of Spaceship Earth. And the first thing I was thinking of with Spaceship Earth is similar to what you touched on with the Haunted Mansion. That during the day, Spaceship Earth is nice and big and uh, awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping, but it's gray. At night, though, it's spectacular when uh, all the lights come on, and instead of this just futuristic gray sphere, all of a sudden it's bathed in all these different colors. And they're subtle, but they're there. You can see you know, purples and reds and blues, uh, you know, and they're reflecting different ways off of the different tiles. And as you, you know, as you walk around Spaceship Earth and see it from different angles, and as the, as the sun goes down, it gets darker and darker. It really becomes so much different than it is during the daytime and so much more spectacular. And I think, um, I, I always think of it, it's, it's just, I don't know if it would occur to me to have done that. If I was designing Epcot, I would have probably just thrown spotlights on it and called it a day. But the Imagineers having used it as a canvas to paint these beautiful colors that I think most people or some people might not even notice and might just take for granted as they walk by. Um, but it's truly spectacular. So if you, if you are walking around underneath Spaceship Earth at, at night, take a minute and really appreciate what they did with the lighting on this huge spherical canvas. It's, it's, um, it never ceases to amaze me. As we go inside, I'm actually going to go with one. It's not there anymore, but this, and I've talked about this before, but one of my favorite scenes in Spaceship Earth, in fact, it is my favorite scene in Spaceship Earth, is the one not there anymore, but is the city of the future. And that was towards the end of the descent. And when I asked my daughter about this list, this is the first thing that popped into her mind. Um, because of the spectacular fiber optics and just the dazzling lighting effects that were put to use in this display of a futuristic city, which was in the dark, so that's really all they could use to show it was light. But but it was spellbinding, it was magical. The music that went along with it um, never failed to bring a tear to my eye. And though I miss it desperately, the one part about the new descent portion of the ride that I do like is as you leave the area where you see Earth up in the top of the sphere, um, I always tell people as you start your descent to close your eyes, count to 30, and then open them. And then when you do, you'll see the, it seems like millions and millions of little pinpoints of light surrounding you, which again, if you Examine what it is, and I'm actually pointing up in the air like people can see what I'm doing, but um, it's a really simple effect in execution, but uh, when you see it, it's truly dazzling. And I, and I like closing your eyes. Instead of it gradually coming into view, just close your eyes, opening it, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're in the middle of what space, the future, something, which is really spectacular. So those are my three spaceship Earth things light things so what do you got <laughs> so i'm with you completely and it was actually second on my list um, all right spaceship Earth was was and I, I i almost you know it was one of those things to my i almost felt like gosh it's so obvious you know spaceship Earth is such an obvious choice but i i couldn't get away from it and i think 
the reason why is look the the the, the design of itself I think is is beautiful in its simplicity right not to get all like math you know geometry nerd on you but I, I love the combination of the soft and the hard lines right it's this beautiful sphere made up of all of these different you know isosceles triangles um and then you're sort of supported by these gigantic you know monolithic um support legs but at night uh the way it's lit uh with those those purple hues and the yellows and the oranges um it it takes on a completely di- you almost forget that it's that sort of you know um, plain silver color th- during the day, and, and I think especially when it starts. To, and I, obviously, I'm going to keep going back to dusk. It's my favorite time of day mm-hmm. at the parks. But when it hits dusk and that purple starts, that purple hue starts to come, and you almost sort of can't get a sense of you know all the different ways and directions that it's being lit from above, from below, from the sides. Um, I, I think it's just spectacular and and you know i think that's why for many people it is their favorite icon of the parks that is the one that they think of even maybe more so than the castle me too that's all you got is me too (laughs) well i want to hear what you like on the inside too or are you gonna just leave leave me with that no you know i look i I like it on the inside um i think the lighting in in some of the scenes is uh, I think the the Renaissance um, is, is ah. one of my favorite um, <clears throat> parts again because it gives you um, there, there's some I don't know how it, it's there's a warmth to it I, I don't know how else to describe it um, that that I just like in, in that scene but when I think of of Spaceship Earth and I think of the lighting it, my mind first goes to nighttime and I could I could I could even throw in a little added because I think the, I think it's beautiful in different ways depending on where you are looking at it from. So if you're coming from World Showcase and you've got the um, you know the interventions fountains going, and I, I know some people like it or don't like it that there's the shade structure again with the triangles on it and then Spaceship Earth off in the distance. It's very different than getting very close up to it and looking at it through. The, the palm trees and the other trees that are lit from below, it just changes the, the feel of it um, as you, you know, from being distant to being close up. I don't, it's, it's hard to articulate. And I'm hoping that somebody who's listening is nodding their head going, Lou, you're, you're, you're babbling like an idiot, but I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> we, need, we need a poet. <laughs> well, see, along the same lines, I think, like I'm, I said Greece, I don't know if you heard me, but the, that scene the Phoenician scene and uh, the, basically the nighttime scenes. I keep going back to like, the, and the Mexico Pavilion, and and there's probably so many more examples this we can think of. But any depiction of nighttime um, that you see in any of these attractions, I get like you're talking about a feeling of of, of warmth or whatever. But I, I get just such a feeling of calmness and serenity. I guess. When when I mean any of these nighttime uh, scenes like that, and a lot of it's the, it's the lighting, and it's just that that blue. And I I always come back to it. It's just this blue you can't you can't picture you can, you can't reproduce. You just you have to see it, and it's like a blue you've never seen before. 
um, however they make it. And I, I, like I said, I just get that feeling of of relaxation. And, and sometimes and think, fall and sometimes fall asleep, but, but I think but it's, that's it's for the good. I think that's the point, right? And that's why I was trying to to give credit to the lighting designers. I think that there yeah. is a true art form to it, to choosing. And and I know I'm and forgive me because I know you're the designer, and I and maybe I'm not using the right terminology, but you know that the the temperature of the colors and how you know saturated they may be, the feelings that they are able to you know in, evoke from that I think is incredibly powerful and sometimes we it's hiding in plain sight where we look at the lighting but we don't necessarily stop to appreciate it mm-hmm. you got your terminology right that's very good thank you you've learned you have learned well I was on Alta Vista right before we got online so <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> uh, so is it me or is it's it you? your turn actually believe it or not <laughs> Gosh, I, I was Unless tempted. Unless we think we did 10, then we can call it a show and be done. No, no, no. I, so I'm going to jump through my list because I, I think that you're going to go to um, – I think you're going you're gonna to speak to one, and maybe I'm, I want to try and hit one that, that you're not. Um, and understanding that mm. the, the park is, is – as we record this in October 2015, the park is in a state of flux, but I think that one area that is not going to change – um, are the, the the streets of Hollywood and Sunset Boulevards on at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And I think specifically Sunset Boulevard, uh, if you stand at the intersection and look down Sunset Boulevard, like, like Hollywood itself, I think it does, via the lighting, a, a, a beautiful job of evoking um, a, a sense of... Um, a differentiation in place and time, right? You do get the sense that you were in California in the 1940s. And one of the things that strikes me about it, Tim, is specifically the lighting, not just of, of the buildings themselves or certainly the, the Tower of Terror, right? The, and that, which I think is incredibly well lit. You know, you talk about a, mm-hmm. a beautifully lit sort of visual weenie at the end of the street. But look at how the palm trees are lit, right? Look at how they're lit from below. I think it really gives that street specifically, for me, uh, a very unique feel. Again, we're going back to the colors. The Hollywood Tower of Hell, the Tower, sorry, Tower, uh, Hollywood Tower Hotel. <laughs> well, that's what I call Oops, it. Sorry. So. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. That, that icon, you know, that park icon almost at the end of the street uses those greens, but more importantly, those purples to give you a sense, you know, it's a beacon for the show business elite, but it's also a beacon for us to go down. And it gives that hotel, which has that very, you know, muddy rust color throughout the day, a very different feel at night. Right. I know you've never ridden it in, in day or night. What's but, terror you're talking about? Have you ever actually been on set sometimes? Do you even know where I'm talking about? <clears throat> Is that the place with all the countries? Yeah. Yeah, it's the place with all the countries. Um, but I think that it, I think the street – and again, I, I would love to actually talk to somebody who worked on it. But I think the the colors of the, – the, the intensity of the green of the, the tops of the palm trees, how it – contradicts or conflicts in a beautiful way with the purple of the hotel and yet the neon of the hotel you know sort of uh, is connected to the neon that you see on the facades of the streets and I like the street lamps and just the way 
I do. I think it's. I wish I was a better photographer um, because I just think it's. Um, I think it's one of the most beautiful sort of. Um, you know, like expanses. I'm not thinking about a specific building, but sort of a, yeah. a boulevard to look down. In terms of overall no, I, color. I, I I agree. It's very photogenic. Actually, we're talking about a lot of stuff that are spectacular things to photograph, and that's definitely one of them. But um, yeah, and I, and I have been there before. You might remember I ran screaming down the street. But I mean, I don't you think that it does? I mean, just taking it. it Taking your Take your fear, right? taking the chicken factor out of it, but doesn't it evoke uh, like the mansion, right? That building off in the distance. There's something attractive yet very eerie about it. Yes, I agree. Actually, when you said Hollywood uh, Boulevard or uh, Hollywood Studios, um, you brought this was not on my list at all. But uh, you made me think of. Um, talking about evoking a, a different time in a different place um like the lighting on hollywood boulevard itself and entering the park as night comes on and uh, uh you know the neon lights come on um that's what i thought you were heading and and i didn't think of that but that again that it the lighting design throughout throughout the park but especially in the entrance there um is spectacular for evoking that feel of Hollywood from years gone by. And actually it reminds me of the scene um which I didn't think about but in cars when oh, when they so when much. they when they light up you know what I'm talking about that whole are, are you mad because I took one or mad <laughs> No I'm mad I, because I was just about cry. to say I my my definitive drop the mic statement was going to be dare I say that now especially with the great movie ride off in the distance, not blocked by the hat, dare I say that the street of Hollywood and or Sunset Boulevard may be the most beautiful sort of long distance, lit, well lit uh, view anywhere in the Disney parks, save for Route 66 at Disney's <laughs> California Adventure when they turn those lights on at night. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but no, I get, I get, I get. You know, the same feeling just, uh, you know, from uh, with the one place during the day, it's just a very different place at night with a whole different just magical feel. And I think we keep running into this. Words just can't describe the look and the feel that you get when you see this. Well, because we're know, talking about something that clearly is just it's, it's a visual thing and we're trying yeah. to articulate it. And look, that's why, you know, a photograph, you know, they say that that. um you know, we process so much more from a photograph than we can do in anything that we read or anything that we hear, because there's so much that that our our that our brains are interpreting. So it is hard to somewhat articulate it, especially when you know I'm I'm making up words. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but you do. I mean, I've been to California, and I feel as though I'm in California again mm -hmm. when I'm at the studios. Yeah. No. Well, it's a funny thing is I've I've been to California once or twice, but um, but I I get the feeling I'm there, even though, like unlike you, it's kind of a foreign thing to me. But somehow, it seems uh, real. That's not the right mm -hmm. word, I think. But um, authentic. It feels. But genuine. you know that. But it but it really puts you in the mood, especially I think Hollywood Boulevard. When it's 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 not even so much it really does look like that if you go to Hollywood you know, for real, but you know as they say it's, it's this is the Hollywood that never was, but um, 
you don't even really need that said to you because I think when you walk in, you just get it. You know, this this is the Hollywood and movie magic in its heyday and neon lights and spotlights and, you know. Well, you know what I think does it too? And, and maybe you, I think, and if you, the next time you go to Hollywood Studios, maybe you never realize, you know, if you look down Hollywood Boulevard to the Chinese theater, the palm trees there are different than anywhere you'll find anywhere else because they tower. They're very tall. They're very skinny. They almost look like, you know, giant dandelions because they tower over the buildings themselves. That's very different than what you see on Sunset where the tops of the palm trees are aligned with sort of the tops of the buildings. And I think that's why it has such a grand, such an expansive feel when you're looking down Hollywood Boulevard. I concur. Thank you. I can't expand on that. You, you articulated that very well. Now I'm dropping the mic. Now, now you're dropping the mic. So, <laughs> whose turn are we on? That would be you. Okay. Well, I'm going to switch gears totally. Oh, boy. Um, and kind of drop in a thousand, you know, 27 different attractions to this one. But um, when we're talking about lighting effects, the um, after as I was doing the list, one thing that started jumping out at me was – the lighting that's prevalent in a lot of different attractions that go under the umbrella of the classic dark ride. Mm. And um, again, we're talking mostly about Fantasyland, um, but any in, most of the interior attractions uh, you can you can say this about. But I'm thinking of, specifically about Snow White's Scary Adventures and Peter Pan's Flight and many many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Just, that. Very simple. Again, this goes back to it's a very simple thing, but it's very memorable. Um, and uh, when you when you see it, it just puts you there. And it's it's that neon uh, color paint treatment that's throughout the attraction with the black lights um, that just creates a visual that uh, you know you can't you don't see it all during you know, the day or, or, or normal situations. And, you know, and what can you say? I think for most people, their first experiences at Walt Disney World were on these dark rides, um, mm-hmm. like specific Snow White and Peter Pan. And that's, and when you talk about uh, the Magic Kingdom and you're being nostalgic about it, that's one of the main things you remember or you think about is those, just those vivid colors and the, the black light and seeing your you know your shoelaces on your shoes glowing this blue color because of the black lighting and um but it's just the way the whole that whole what do i call a genre came together and how disney made it into something that you think is uniquely them even though you know other people have done dark rides throughout the years but uh, to me it's so synonymous with walt disney world and the magic kingdom that um uh, uh, that's that's one of the first things I thought of when I was doing the list. And again, it's one of those things you can you can take all the pictures you want. You can uh, you know you can take video of it all you want. It's just and, and unless you're there seeing it for yourself, it's just not the same. And and I think it's it's weird because we talk about when we're talking about the top ten smells, which maybe we should do a second part of that since you seem to like that one so much. But um, but smells evoke strong uh, memories in people. And I, th- I think it, this is one case where I think just that visual, when you see it, and if you're, you, 
you immediately flood you back to if you'd been there when you were a child and you remember um, seeing these things when you were little. And it's one of those constants throughout the years, like the classic dark ride at Disney. And, and they still do it. It's uh, it, from the, the journey of the Little Mermaid, for example, uh, the Seas with Nemo. Uh, even new dark rides still evoke, I think, that feeling of, of nostalgia because these were the, kind of the same lighting effects that you saw when you were a little kid and you were in the Magic Kingdom. Um, and they're still just so cool today. As cool today as they was back in the day. So. You're right. And I, and I think you're right. I think you hit on it too that there is that um, romanticism that we have with the classic dark rides because that for all of us was our first exposure into Disney bringing the classic films that we were experiencing on our TVs or movie screens to life for us. Right, they all of a sudden they became, they went from being two dimensional images to things that were that we were now active participants in, and I think it goes back to what I was saying before too, Tim. It's not just about what you are supposed to light and how you sort of light certain things to uh, evoke a certain emotion, or you know, red. You know, we're, we're sort of accustomed to knowing that red is sort of maybe the evil color and blue is a cooler color. I mean, look at things like Aladdin. Every time you saw Jafar, the background was, was red. Every time you saw Aladdin and Jasmine the Genie was blue. So it was, that, it was that good versus evil thing. But I think it's also about, especially in the dark rides, where the light should not be, how the mm-hmm. shadows need to fall so that witch, when she turned around, was just a little bit scarier. How you didn't know where your car was going and Mr. Toad's wild ride and then when you did see a color right when you did get hit by the train and go to he double hockey sticks <laughs> it was that very warm dark reds and sort of you knew exactly where you were you didn't have to even see the guy with the big pitchfork and, and horns you know in front of you um but there was the 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 use of the shadows and how they fell and the colors as well. And I, th- and I agree with you 100%. And I had a tough time trying, when I was thinking of an attraction, trying to narrow it down to mm-hmm. one. So I think the, the, just the dark rides themselves is sort of a good way to encapsulate them all. Good. That's it? Good That's job, Lou. Thank you. Bravo. <laughs> good for you. Bravo. Bravo. I'm actually surprised. I'm just, I think I'm most surprised that you actually wrote you Snow- came up with that one, Tim. No, that you wrote Snow White's Scary Adventure. Ah, piece of cake. No problem. Um, all right, so I'm going to go back to what I originally had as like number three on my list. And the reason why is because I think the lighting in this land radically changes how the land, how the vistas, how the, the street looks from day versus night. Because Tomorrowland, I know, is a, is a land that we both know and love and, and frequent on our visits to Magic Kingdom. But during the day, uh, maybe not so much as it was in 1971 when it was a very sterile, white, you know, whitewashed, a little bit of blues here and there uh, environment. Now with this tomorrow, uh, you know, that, that never was, this Jules Verne-esque vision of tomorrow, it still is grays and metallics and blues. And there is a sense of, of sterility to it. There's not a lot of color impact there other than some accents on top of the Stitches Great Escape building. There's the, you know, the yellow in the back. Um, I think Rocket Tower Plaza with the spinning planets, although it's a little bit off in the distance. But the buildings themselves, for the most part, 
are still relatively um, placid in their tones, right? That it's a light blue, it's a light, you know, purple on the roof. There's nothing. Ver- there are no really intense colors. But when those neon lights come on at night, it is a completely different environment from that. You know, Tomorrowland. Um, I don't even know what you call it. The the entranceway with the neon purples and the greens. But when you look down the avenue of the planet, there is such a radical intensity in terms of the greens and the reds and the blues and the purples. I mean, it, it's the entire spectrum of colors. And I think this land, maybe more so than any other land in, in Magic Kingdom at night, takes on a whole new life, a whole new energy, and I think a whole different feeling because of the way it's lit. And we go back again to those blues and those purples, and and maybe there is something inherently comforting of, about those colors, but I think that there's a uh, an energy and excitement to Tomorrowland at night, which is very different as opposed to any other land than what it is during the day. It's my favorite place at night. Favorite attraction in Tomorrowland? Uh, the the people mover, of course. All right. Come on. No, no, I just want to make now. sure. I, listen, I want to make sure we're still on the same. Uh, but and look, I think even, Tim, as you walk, <clears throat> and I'm not trying to sneak one in here, but, <laughs> you know, the way Space Mountain is lit at mm-hmm. night, as you mm-hmm. walk in the, the plaza in front of Space Mountain, take a look at the palm trees there. The way, again, mm-hmm. they're lit from below, and we've talked about the story of what the palm trees are and, and, and what they represent. Um, it, I don't know. There's something um, There's something very uh, – again, I'm at a, somewhat of a, of a loss for words of, of how to sort of describe it, but just the feel of that land at night um, – is very very different, and it's one. It's one of the ones I like to just sort of wander through at night. And I certainly I love People Mover at night. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I, it's, I love that at night because, uh, not for no other reason than you do get to see Tomorrowland in all of its entirety and can appreciate all the, the different, well lighting effects that you talked about now i would be remiss i i didn't want to make this a sing is it your turn or my turn it's yours who cares it's my turn i i I didn't really want to make this a single one because it's this it's so screaming obvious but um since we're on the subject of tomorrowland i just want to sneak in we would be remiss and not mentioning the fiber optic swirls of light that go on in future world plaza and epcot and um you know it's it's this is not a shocker. It is not a surprise. Everyone knows about them, but um, we it, if we're talking about cool lighting effects, you got to bring that one up. Um, I meant to mention we were talking about Spaceship Earth, and I was just so enamored with your description that I was. Uh, yeah, well, I was I, well, you know, I was going to throw that in there, and I forgot to. But um, it's it's just so cool. I, the the thing about that particular effect is um, is when I show it to people for the first time or and they're just so mesmerized by it and I, i'm still mesmerized by watching them and um how they they see they seemingly appear and disappear and when they're not when they're not there you can you can stare at the concrete for for all you for as long as you want you you can't really pick out the pattern that's going to emerge as the lights come on and one of the things i think is really cool is to um Speaking of nighttime and evening, as as the twilight comes and the sun starts to set, um, 
a neat thing to do anywhere is to, to look in the sky and wait to see that first star peek out till you can see it. And it's neat to do that in future world as the sun sets to watch the ground and for that first moment we can pick out the fiber optic lights start they're on but when you can first start to pick them out um is a pretty cool thing so uh you know what i like that enough i'm gonna make that my next one so i'm not gonna cheat i'm gonna that that's my next one cool and I think it's a cool. Everybody knows it, but I think it's 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 a very cool, very clever thing that they didn't. The thing I really like about it too is it's not something. It doesn't have anything to do with an attraction. It doesn't have anything to do with a, a something you have to get a fast pass for or anything. It's just a, 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 like I, I don't want to call it a throwaway effect, but you you could. It's just something they put in there for. You know, because it's future world, it's Epcot, it's cool, and it's there. And it's it's one of those, uh, when you see it the first time, it's just one of those hidden surprises. You weren't expecting to see this, but wow. You know, and that's why I that's like it, cool. right? Yeah. I, I like it yeah. because it's a, you know, it's a guest satisfier. And what I mean by that is I like it because when I see the family that's walking out exhausted after Illuminations and the kid looks down and he sees the ground and all of a sudden their eyes light up and they're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Like, that's the reaction that you, and look, it's simple, right? It's simple fiber yeah. optics in the ground. It's not, you know, anything earth shattering, but because it's so unexpected, even as to where it is, or you don't see it anywhere else except sort of on your way out. I think it's sort of, you know, maybe akin to the goodnight kiss from the castle. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of a little sort of throwaway giveaway thank you little neat thing and that's one of the things tim i bet kids go home or parents go home and go oh we're walking out of epcot and illuminations were great but you god oh, they had these fiber optics yeah. in, in in the ground um so yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you and, and i had it i did sort of have it as part of um spaceship actually no it looks like i had it twice i had a spaceship earth and then future world in the pavement so there you go there you go so. um so I really, other than, than jumping on your Spaceship Earth band <laughs> and Haunted Mansion bandwagon, um, I, I feel obligated to mention an attraction. Mm-hmm. And when I thought of attractions, believe it or not, I tried to. I was sort of going through the parks in in my mind's eye, um, trying to think of interiors that are are so well lit, right? Because again, I was sort of talking about how important it was according to story. But I, I got to tell you, the, the one that jumps out at me um, is actually an exterior lighting effect uh, in a land that I will bet you don't probably go to that often, uh, not because you're a scaredy cat, unless or <laughs> maybe unless you're going to take pictures. Well, that knocks a lot of lands out of contention. But I'll t- I think that you can handle this one. Okay. And even if you can't, um, <laughs> I, I would invite you, um, <laughs> if you haven't been before, to go to Storybook Circus and just sit and watch Dumbo. Wow. Go look at the – Tim, I just think, wow. again, the purple – it's like a little <clears throat> mini world of color, right, happening right in front of you. You don't need to ride the attraction. You don't need to wait in the standby line. But the purples and the blues and the rainbows and the kinetic elements with – the opposite spinning carousels and the water and the way the water sort of dances. I just think, you know, again, it, it's simple lights and, and fountain effects, but the way it's done, the way it's choreographed and orchestrated with the lighting of 
the ride vehicles themselves, I think Dumbo at night is just spectacular. Beautiful. That I'm I'm applauding. Thank you. That's right? a, that's, left field. It's fantastic. I didn't even think of that. that Next time right. we come down, me and you, we're doubling up on right, Dumbo. We'll go. We're going to double up on Dumbo. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's spectacular. You know, you made me think of something, too, when you said water. Um, and I don't know why I didn't think of this, but the, the way um, that they use lighting with uh, different water displays, uh, particularly in Epcot, you talked about the illuminate, or the, um, the fountain. And at night, uh, of course, it's spectacular, not only because it's a fountain, but the, the lighting that comes on at night that goes with it, the upside-down waterfall over at Illumination or the Imagination Pavilion. Um, a lot of the water effect, whether they're fountains or, or even standing water, um, when the lights come on and the way the Imagineers – uh, design the light to play off them um, makes for some spectacular sights too. True, and I'm just, I'm just cheating. I'm throwing that one in. It's not even a real. It's not even a real one of mine. So, <laughs> but um, so yeah. Is that it? You got nothing? You got nothing? Uh, well, uh, can I can I do a real one? Because that wasn't a real one. Oh, that wasn't a real one. Yeah, you go ahead. It's all you. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, as I was going through, I kind of I hit all my big ones, so I'm kind of reduced to. Well, kind of switching gears to a very, a very, very, very specific lighting effect um, that that I just think is cool, um, and it's not you know a grand entire uh, land or attraction building. It's lit up, um, but a very specific effect that when I saw it, I was just dazzled by it, and I'm still dazzled every time I see it. Um, is in Enchanted Tales with Belle mm-hmm. when you're standing in front of the mirror and it transforms into the portal. And the effect itself is a combination of a bunch of different things, as we know. But one of the main components of that effect is just the lighting, the simple lighting and the, the cascade of, of, of the different green patterns that that illuminate the frame and as the lights go out and, uh, you know, everything shimmers and, uh, you know, the frame expands and then the mirror comes on. It's just, the light has so much to do with that effect, which is, which is a genius effect and how they pull that off. And it's, I, even though I, I know how they do it, but even when you see, you just can't believe it's happening in front of your eyes and lighting has so much to do with it. And I think that's an example of, um, of today, a newer effect that the Imagineers came up with, um, where they use technology to a great advantage, but use continue as they always do to use lighting to great effect to, to create this just magical portal to a, a to a new land that you really think is appearing right before your eyes. So that was a very specific lighting effect I thought of when I was thinking of this topic. So. And, and I think that's cool, right? I think the fact I think that. The fact that you can think about it and and look for it in very look, you can look for I think Tim in specific lighting fixtures, right, and lighting elements mm-hmm. that you'll see. Um, but I think you could also sort of see it on a on a grander scale as well too. So yes, I will, um, yeah. I, I'll give you one more. Um, although I will tell you, Tim, there's so many more I would love to give you. You know, I look, I was planning on talking about things like. Everest. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here <laughs> um, we go. <laughs> 
I think Harambe Market at night in Animal Kingdom is beautiful. Um, Main Street USA, I, we could sort of do an oh. entire show about. Oh, wait. That's true. Right. I, look, Main Street USA, the popcorn lights outside, the warmth of the, the again, that, that yellow hue to the, to the white lights set against the color of the castle in the distance. Plus one, go inside the Emporium where West Center Street used to be and look up and look at the beautiful lighting fixtures. Look at that huge chandelier that I'll bet you probably never noticed before and then go back and look at it again at night. However, that being said, I want to give you one last one. And believe it or not, I'm I'm surprised uh, we didn't talk about any resorts yet, right? Because I think so many of the resorts, like the boardwalk, the causeway between the Swan and Dolphin, see what I did there, are... Beautifully lit at night, but I will tell you, if I had to pick one in terms of lighting uh, effect... Wait, I'm going to pick one, too, but I want to see which one you pick. Uh, mine's the Polynesian. Okay. It's the Polynesian, because I think the combination of the tiki torches and the water and the color of the buildings... I, I, look, there is something, again, about seeing that natural flame flickering against the night sky or against the volcano in the background or uh, uh, by the pool. And look, one of the places I love being, especially when it's a cool Florida night, is a Trader Sam's. And I don't mean Trader Sam's on the inside, which again is beautifully lit and very well done in story and effects. I, I like Trader Sam's outside, surrounded by these tiki torches, Polynesian, often live music. In the, it, it's not just for the gastronomy, I, I assure you. <laughs> Although I will probably be having a snack and a, and a drink while I'm out there. Oh, of course. But well, sitting outside to. with the music and it's well lit and it's very warm and it's very soothing and it's very transformative. It makes you feel as though you are, you know, you're somewhere else. I agree. That That's, that's I, I, the one I was going to pick. And I will pick, since you brought it up, is the Wilderness Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for the same, really, reasons that the Polynesian is so cool. When you're walking around outside, uh, heading down, uh, especially when you're, if you're heading down to the boat dock, um, just at night, it's just so spectacular. It's so – well, I keep coming back to this. It's just so serene. It's so calming, uh, the way – it's lit, and it's not. I don't know if I, it's spectacularly lit, or I, I would say it's just so well lit and so naturally lit, mm-hmm. and you feel like uh, I think there you really feel like you're so far away from civilization, and even from the Magic Kingdom, which isn't that far away, as you know. But it you just it just seems like you're worlds away, and. Um, and yeah, I, I I thought of resorts too, and I was doing this. I think you could lump them all. There's just the way they're all lit up at night is spectacular. But my my favorite's the Wilderness Lodge. So. And you know what? Look, the the important and the operative word for everything that we've been talking about, and I and I lost count of how many times you said it as you were describing Wilderness Lodge. We're not talking about what it makes us think, or it, we talk about how the lighting makes us feel, mm-hmm. right? All these things, all the attractions make us feel a certain way. The lighting makes us feel a certain way. We look down the street and we feel this. We feel relaxed. We feel. I think that's it, man. I think that's the differentiator. I think that's what Disney does so well and why the lighting is so 
very, very important. Why it warranted a top 23 or however many <laughs> we had in there. And look, there are, you know, we can probably continue on for another hour and talk about other ones. And go, oh, yeah. what about the? Because look, I, no, I want to sneak more in, but I won't because I don't want you to yell at me. <laughs> but I know that there's people who are listening who are going, Mangello, Foster, what are you people thinking? How are you not talking about Frontierland at night, which is arguably Lou Mangello's favorite well, land well, in the Magic get, Kingdom at night? But I'm not going to do that. Because then I'll get into discussion and a debate about Frontierland versus Adventureland and the transitions in between and how the lighting oh, suddenly no. changes. But I'm not going to, Tim, I'm not going to do that. Because uh, the reason good thing, because that would be wrong. That would for just you be wrong on so many levels. Sneak in more. Because then if I did, I would start talking about Golden Oak Outpost and the poutine waffle fries and then what I'd be eating in the trans. But I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm not I didn't, do that. It's good because then I wouldn't be compelled to bring up one of my daughter's favorite ones in Maelstrom when you're going up and you see the eye of Odin glaring at you. And I think that's the most brilliant light I've ever seen. It's like Venus in the sky, Twilight, you know, but you know, I won't do you, it. You know, Maelstrom. I won't do it. You can't make You know, it. Maelstrom's not there anymore, right? I, I don't know if this yeah. is. A, yeah. Well, that's soon. why I didn't Sorry. bring it up because I know you'd yell at me. So. I won't the city listen. of the future isn't there either in right. Spaceship and Earth. Neither and, is you the let, second, and you let me get away with that. Neither is Imageworks on the second level of the Imagination Pavilion, <gasps> which at dusk was redonkulously beautiful. You talk about an underutilized space in terms of the visuals. Oi. <laughs> gosh. Oi. Oi. Anyway, but what I do <laughs> want to do is two things. I need, I want... Listener, my friend, I need to hear from you. I need to know what is your favorite lighting element in Walt Disney World? Is it an attraction, an exterior, an interior? Is it a restaurant? Whatever it may be, I want you to tell me. I want you to share it with me. I implore you. I, I'm my hands are together in in a in a in a, a pleading, begging sense. I want you to tell me on Twitter at Lou Mangello, facebook.com slash Radio. Go to the WW Radio website. Leave your answers there in the comments, or I want to hear the passion in your voice. Call the voicemail, 407-900-9391. Tell me what is your favorite lighting element, how it makes you feel. Let me hear it in your voice, or you can yell at Timmy Foster for whatever reason. But <laughs> speaking of yelling at Timmy Foster, you also probably want to yell at Timmy Foster in, in gratitude, in elation, in joy, and in thanks. Not just because you can go to Celebrations Press and order Celebrations Magazine in print or digital format, but because, Timmy Foster, you've got not just one, but like multiple new special things out and coming out soon. Nice segue to the plug. Yeah. Thanks for that. No, uh, speaking of Halloween, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I love me. No, I want to. I want to mention it's, it's getting close. Halloween's right around the corner. What do you mean, dude? It's been Halloween since September. It's in Walt Disney World. Well, Come that, on now. That's true too. <laughs> I, I, I've been talking with a printer. They're just about done printing the Celebrations Collectors Halloween Hauntings book, which we've been talking about um, Tower of Terror. Haunted Mansion, a mother thing. How beautiful they are at night, and and the the book include among other things. The book includes some spectacular photos of these at night, which I am so so grateful to the photographers who we worked with on these because I could never take these pictures, and it's just amazing um, what they did. But all the thing, what we talked about uh, the lighting of Tower Terror and Haunted Mansion is um, the, the book is features those. Many, many pictures of those attractions at night. And you can see this. You can't 
You can't describe it. You just got to see it. But happy to announce the book is just about here. So you can go to celebrationspress.com and look for the big garish orange jack-o'-lantern box on the front <laughs> and, and get your copy. We're still doing our pre-order special. And um, we also, the Christmas Memories, our second edition collector's book is still out, um, which um, also speaking of nighttime lighting effects has tons of beautiful pictures. Thanks to our wonderful photographers. So very excited about that. I have to, uh, I got to gotta get on there and get me a copy of that. You got to get you a copy. That maybe was a, that was a subtle hint for you to send me one. Just maybe I'll for, send. Yeah, maybe okay. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> and we are. This is far away, and I'll be dropping. But we've been kind of dropping hints. But we are going to be working on a further collector's edition book, Disney After Dark. Ooh. Yes, and that's probably spring or something like that. But um, um. I think for a lot of what we talked about is what we'll try. I don't know if we'll be able to, but try and try and put into the book all the 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 moods and the experiences and the and the, just the feeling that you get when you walk around Disney at night and all the spectacular lighting effects and the way everything's lit up. It's just so, like the feeling exciting. I get when I'm with Timmy Foster and talking oh, to Timmy warm, Foster. It's a warm, it's a warm, it's like a warm hug, and uh, I, I can't yeah. wait to yeah. not only do this again, but see. Listen, next time you come down, we got to do another live yeah. one, you know, yeah. from yeah. the parks, uh, yeah. somewhere, and I'm going to get you to ride something that you've never ridden before and okay. eat something you've never eaten before, which oh, gives my. me a lot of room to play with because oh, that's, dear. that's a pretty expansive list right there but timmy foster (laughs) brother you know i love you you know i love the top tens and uh this is always a lot of fun so so uh thank you once again my friend oh thanks for having me always this is my favorite this is my favorite thing to do really short of short of watching (laughs) now you know i'm just gonna stop talking yeah just you know what just let it go you should just stop that my favorite thing to do time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back review last week's and select our winner. So last week, I was talking all about food and wine festival over at Epcot, my favorite time of the year. And I said that in 1997, during the festival's second year, festival planners introduced something called the Grand Tasting, sort of a culinary extravaganza, as they called it. And in 2002, that event was renamed and moved to a new location, which is World Showplace. And your question was simply to tell me, what is that known as? Well, again, thanks and congratulations to the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct because you knew, and it's one of my favorite events as well, that Party for the Senses is is the name of the new event. It's got up to like 50 food and beverage stations, entertainment with Cirque du Soleil's La Nuba. It's a really fun, really special event if you want to do something a little bit extra during the Food and Wine Festival. So I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. And remember, last week you were playing for a WW Radio Magic Band cover and a copy of the 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book. And last week's winner is... 
Renee D. So, Renee, congratulations. I'll email you, get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So I'm going to stay in Epcot again this week. And, I, you know, I love seeing not just how kids, but how many adults love having their pictures taken with different characters, whether it's the Fab Five or some special characters or those that even come out during special events. But if you wanted to take a picture with Donald Duck in Epcot, where would you go? That's your question for this week. Tell me where in Epcot can you go to meet and greet and get a picture, maybe autograph from Donald Duck. You have until Sunday, October 18th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Again, you're playing for the WDW Radio Magic Band cover, a copy of the 102 Ways to Save Money for that Walt Disney World book. And I'm also going to give you a uh, virtual audio tour of Tomorrowland. You can get both the book and the guide over at www.radio.com. Just click on the shop link. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Uh, the fact that you choose to spend and share some of your time with me really, really means a lot to me. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. Gave you maybe a different sense about uh, taking some time to really pay attention to the lighting. Uh, you know I'd love to hear from you about your favorite lighting effect at Walt Disney World. You can tweet me at Lou Mangiello. You can share a picture on Twitter or even Instagram and tag me at Lou Mangiello there. You can comment over at www.radio.com on this week's podcast or facebook.com slash Radio. You can also follow my personal profile at facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. I'd love to hear from you. Call the voicemail 407-900-9391. Also, quick and huge thanks to some new members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Emmanuel Justin Hutzler, Wesley Fish, and Katie Bell. Really appreciate the love and support. And if you want to help the show and get some cool rewards, including monthly scavenger hunts, access to a private Facebook group, personalized Magic Band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, monthly surprise care packages from Walt Disney World and more, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. And of course, you know, as much as I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. Thanks to everybody who came out to the meet of the month last weekend. Planning November's right now, probably in the middle, closer to the end of the month, not really sure of the date. Visit the events page at www.radio.com for updates, including not just meet to the month, but our events and cruises next year. We have our WW Radio 9th anniversary cruise on the Disney Fantasy, February 6th through the 13th. It's also Super Bowl weekend, and it's also a Star Wars Day at Sea Cruise. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do some special events uh, for our group as well to take advantage of and really have some fun during the uh, Star Wars days. Later on that month, we'll be in New Orleans for a, a meet, eat, and I know a lot of people are going to be out there doing the New Orleans Half Marathon. I'll be in Chicago the weekend of July 8th and do an event out there. And don't forget about our e-ticket adventure. November 4th, we'll have an event in New York City 
Hop on the Disney Magic, cruise down to Puerto Rico, and then have an event in Puerto Rico that weekend as well. Again, visit the events page for more information. I'll also be doing other events on the road throughout the country and overseas as well uh, this and next year. You can visit lumangelo.com to find out where I'll be speaking or if I can come and maybe speak to your business at your conference or to your kid's school. would love to try and help there. And if look, if I can help you turn your passion into your profession and maybe get from you from where you are to where you want to be, I do uh, some personal mentoring and, and group coaching, really helping you build your brand and business and do what you love full-time. Again, you can find out more by visiting BlueMangelo.com. Quick thanks, as always, to Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider. I've been using and recommending them for more than 10 years because I love the service. I love the discounts. Obviously, it all comes at no additional cost to you, whether you're going to world, land, or anywhere on planet Earth. Visit MouseFanTravel.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tell your friends. I would love it if you tweet out that you're listening to this week's episode and share the link and comment over on Facebook. And please go and rate and review the show. It takes about one minute over in iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. And thanks to you, we have more than a thousand five-star reviews. We'd love to keep them coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including K, thanks, by and Scuzzy C. Lockenheimer. You can visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a direct link and instructions on how to rate and review the show. And finally, and most importantly, again, I want to sincerely thank you for taking the time to tune in, to come to meets, to watch on Periscope, to email, to tweet, whatever it may be. Uh, I know how valuable your time is, right? I know that time is precious. And make sure that you spend it with the right people. And because I believe in that so much, the fact that you choose some of it to spend some of it with me means so much. If I can ever help you and say thank you to you, please let me know how. I hope you have an amazing, an amazing week, better than the best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hello, Lou Mangello. It's Gabby from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, just calling in to say hello and share some exciting news with you. Um, probably not even an hour ago, my boyfriend Joe and I became CBC members. Um, with a home resort of the Polynesian. Um, and we're very, very excited. And I just wanted to share it with you and everyone else that we've committed not only to 50 years of magic, but we're laughing that we're now committed to 50 years of each other. So we'll see how that goes, but we're both very, very excited. Um, I was actually just in Disney World last weekend, actually, with my three-year-old cousin and his mom. It was their first time, and I have to tell you that going to Disney with a child is unlike any experience I've ever had before. Usually it's just Joe and I or some of our friends, but it's really that much more magical when you're seeing everything and experiencing everything through their eyes and just watching his reaction every time Nikki um, was on a float in a parade or watching the fireworks, every meet and greet was just magical. So anyway, I hope to see you around soon, um, and I hope you have a magical week. Thanks. Bye. Hello, Lumon Jello. Hello, WDW Radio Group, WDW. 
running team, WDW Radio Cruisers of Lou's Famous Cruises. I am Charlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I am calling to let you know that there is 122 days only until the Star Wars cruise with Darth Vader and CP3O and R2-D2. You never know who you may meet on that cruise. And then we have 90 days left until the Disney 5K for the running team. And there's been the epic e-ticket adventure out of New York City down to the Caribbean. It's 393 days away. I am so excited to see all my friends again in Disney and on the cruise. It's going to be amazing. What a great 2016. And then with my daughter getting married next year, it's going to be even more adventurous. I am Darlene Yagi. Hugs and love to all. And see you real soon and stay positive. You've got a friend.